Hello everybody, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Making Lemonade, the podcast where we learn to make lemonade with the lemons that life gives us. If you want to see more of my work, you can go to Instagram at Jordan Morpeth Art. The link is in the episode notes and the description. This week, we have a wonderful guest, a friend of mine. His name is Rui Magariko. I'm sorry, Rui, if that's uh, <laughs> race. I don't. I don't know what nationality he is. Uh, I'm sorry if that's uh, that was wrong, but that's how I read it. Um, he's, you may also know him on Instagram as at Red Unit Inc. Yes, he is Red Unit Inc. Um, he is a rising star in the illustration world in Sydney, Australia, and he has been working very hard the last year. Uh, you've probably seen him at a convention if you've been to any of the conventions in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, so on and so forth. Uh, Rui's a friend of mine. I met him a couple of years back. He is such a nice guy. He is also known for doing the Nightwing Pirate Nightwing uh, alongside Cosplay Chris's Pirate Batman. He's a good friend of Cosplay Chris's and he did the Pirate Nightwing last year at Sydney Supernova. You may have seen that around the internet, the interwebs, the Instagrams and all that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to make this intro too long because we have a nice long podcast. This week we talk about growth. Uh, Rui and I have both been re-evaluating our lives as artists and we've come up with you know some new goals and some new ways to kind of slow our process down and really focus on on the fun of our art and our illustration and making stuff we want to not for the sake of trends Um, and we talk about you know avoiding those trends and so on and so forth so let's get into it guys this is episode 29 we're so close to episode 30 thank you so much Rui for coming on Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. Mysterio that I've been doing. Yes, that's right. That's that looks fantastic, man. And you're just taking your time on it and not not rushing it. And no, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, in my break of, I hope you don't mind if if I draw as we're doing. Yeah, this. no, go ahead, man. I'm actually going to do the same while we're while we're sitting here. Cool. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, um, it's it's one of those things that 
I discovered while I took a break from from uh, Instagram. Oh yeah. So um, is that we're we're live right now, right on the podcast. This is this is yeah, live. On yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, just I'm gonna hello, add an intro later. And hello, hi everybody. How are we doing? <laughs> I normally add an intro intro later. I do my own personal intro and just oh, that's talk cool. About whoever I'm talking about, we just go straight into the conversation, man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I took a bit of a break from Instagram. Um, I just realized there were a couple of toxic mentalities that that I had with um, with Instagram that actually detracted from my um, is that even a word detracted? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, um, it, <laughs> from my work, like it, it actually set me back a lot more than I than I thought it would. Okay. And it's it's the mentality of chasing the trend. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and just like whatever movies out. Just, that kind just, of thing. just being like Shazam's coming out soon. I got to draw Shazam, and then, but I don't really feel like drawing Shazam. But it's gonna get me followers and likes, so I got to draw Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being yeah. like, instead of being like, oh, this is a sick character. I love this character. I want to draw this character. Let me think of a cool way to do it. Yeah, and doing your version of it and something cool that you enjoy drawing rather. Yeah, than- yeah, like. Like Instagram stopped becoming a passion project for me. Like right. it started off with just drawing cool stuff and putting it on Instagram, and then yeah, it then became putting stuff on Instagram, like just for the sake of getting attention, which I think is the worst mentality to have, especially as yeah. a creative. It just stops yeah, becoming creative because you start letting. You start not drawing certain things because you're like, oh, this isn't popular at the moment. I'll just wait until it's popular or, you know. Right. And you, yeah, and you just wait for the perfect moment, the perfect time. and Yeah, yeah exactly. I like, feel. and it's a, it's a very common thing on Instagram. Like every, like I don't, I, like I don't not expect every artist and their mum to draw something for Endgame, you know? Even I'll probably draw something for Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I, I feel that. I, I did that last year as well, and, and it just gets so stale so quickly. Yeah, it's very draining. And then and then you start thinking about, like, convention-wise, like, what's going to sell? Mm. And the last convention I went to was Sydney Oz Comic Con. Okay. And I actually, yep. I actually made it. I made it a sort of like mission of mine to just walk around and see, see what sells, see what people line up for, right? Okay. Mm. And I really, I actually discovered that people don't really line up for what's new, oh. and people really, really connect. It's it's about people connecting with artworks and and characters like you could have a really old character but if someone's yeah. really passionate about that character then mm. they'll they'll buy the artwork uh, so it's yeah so it's more about about drawing characters rather than drawing what's new that's why right, overwatch yeah. does so well is because they've got about like 20 characters yes and exactly each person like every different person has their favorite. And the only way that you can really connect with that person 
is if it's also your favorite and you do an artwork that like you can tell is passionate rather than oh it's overwatch it'll sell you know of course yeah 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 same uh. thing with like any other character like anything dragon ball z related you can see you can tell the difference when someone draws goku for the sake of drawing goku or drawing goku because they're like goku's the best you know yeah yeah exactly well it's also that i notice a lot of the nostalgia stuff works like people who have very few people will have like mighty Morphin power rangers or ninja turtles oh, or one of those power rangers are growing with. It's, yeah, it's on it's, it's a lot now having a resurgence now but yeah. when i when we first started man i ve- i could very rarely find a power at least in in sydney i could very rarely find a power rangers piece and when they do have it, there's a serious market for Power Rangers fans. Oh, there's 100%. A, a whole generation of Power Rangers fans. And there's just certain things that people will forever go looking for and will forever, you know, and if there's a new, there's a new take on it, then it's the, going to sell. <laughs> the, the, best, the best thing I find is when their reaction when they weren't looking for it. And they yeah. they just they lose it. They're like, oh my god, it's the Red Ranger! I, like no one's yeah. drawn the Red Ranger. Like that sort of stuff is yeah, is that, really cool to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, you're right. That. The nostalgia part, the nostalgia thing works, and it works in in cycles. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things make a sort of tell like when Dragon Ball Z yeah. made a resurgence recently, and it's just you know that was one of my most popular things last year. And yeah. that was probably one of my most genuine pieces I did last year, some of my Dragon Ball Z stuff. And it, not, only, it not only is it genuine, but it also like, really translates with your style. Yeah, yeah. That's what a lot of people said to me. Like, it's, it's for what... It must have just been because I've been drawing it since I was a kid. The two mm. things I've been drawing since I was a kid was, was um, Dragon Ball Z and Spider-Man. And for whatever reason, whenever I draw those two characters, they're very popular. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, so what, what's your... Yeah, like, I grew up drawing, drawing Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, most people do, man. It's because it's, it's actually what's fairly simple. Yeah, what's your plan for this year, man? What's, um, what's, what's, what's next for, for Red Union Inc.? Oh, um, I don't know. I kind of want to see how far I can take certain artworks, so... I instead of chasing the trend, mm-hmm. I'd I'd like to use like find something from the trend that resonates with me, but I also okay. don't want to pump out really quickly. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. So, for example, this this new Mysterio artwork, like I thought Mysterio was one of the coolest looking characters in the trailer, and yeah. from it, it's uh, police it's a police lineup so it's got him with a like a bruised eye and a couple of cuts on his lip and he's holding yeah. up a sign that says his name and mysterio and that opened up like a whole new like series for me where i can just pretty much put any character as a police lineup yeah and i want to see how far i can take that right and you want to make that a thing that well, I mean, that's something that you could be very well known for. Like, that's that's a that's a niche in its own. Yeah, but that's not that necessarily could... something I'm looking to do. Like, I'm not looking to, 
like back in the back when I first started, I was looking for like the series. This is the thing that's going to put my name out there. The thing that people will recognize me for. Right. But yeah. Right now, I just want to see how far I can take this. Okay. And how much fun I can have with it. Yeah, that's fair okay. enough. Yeah, that, and that's first and foremost. That's that's the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's the whole um, Instagram, like that. Uh, how like the Instagram hiatus taught mm. me. Right. It's it's so easy to just become part of the the current, you know. And if you notice, all the artists that actually do stand out are ones that aren't part of that current that do their own thing, and everyone else follows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the people that find find that thing, well, you know, I, I get what you mean. I was the same trying to find that one series, that one thing that will make me stand out. Like, you know, mm. Derek Laufman has his chibis and, and there's all those people out there that have the, that one. What's the what's his name? Um, the guy that does the baby Kylo and uh, in the. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. What's what's his name? Ryan Sekunga or something. Yeah, yeah. He does. Just that kind of thing, you know, you're trying to find, oh, what's that one thing that's going to catch on and everyone's mm. going to love it, but you've, you've got to love it in the first place. And if you're, you know, if you only do three Spider-Man villains in this series and then it starts getting stale for you, then, you know, you're not going to be pushing out quality work in the first place. So what would be the use in continuing on with it? Yeah, exactly. So my, my, <clears throat> my thought process for this was like, I've started the Mysterio one. I want to do the Vulture one. And mm -hmm. then maybe afterwards do Kingpin and then oh, yeah. start going on towards other villains, like different villains, like, and yeah. adding their own um, emotions. Okay. It's very much like a police lineup. So um, I don't know much about um, Quentin Beck in the new Far From Home. So I don't know what he's like his personality is like, but I'd right. be assuming that he's, he'd be disappointed, but also a little bit crazy about it. So I gave him a sort of like, look where he doesn't really, he's a bit disoriented. Yeah. Yeah. And well, stale. It, and yeah, it's like okay. vultures one. He's like smirking a little bit. Like he knows exactly what he's in there for. And he knows he's going to get out. Yeah. Ah, oh, right. So you're really trying to bring a story in the faces. Yeah, exactly. Of the so this is like it's like those it's like the um celebrity mugshots. Those that's what I took inspiration from, like Jimi Hendrix, Johnny Cash, oh, you know, Frank Sinatra. Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they've all got like their because they're celebrities, they've got their own personalities. You can see it in their mugshots. You can right, see their personality. Right. You can see, like, like for example, one of the most famous mugshots, Pablo Escobar. He's smiling right, yeah, yeah. in his mugshot because he knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And he yeah, knows they're not going to keep Escobar. him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's what, what I want to try and do with these artworks is, is <clears throat> keep pushing it, you know, keep having yeah. fun with it. Bring as much personality to it as possible. Yeah, oh, exactly. Clever, and this man. and this can go this can go way past, way beyond like the MCU. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely can. Anyway. You could you could yeah, you there is an entire, you know, you could 
branch out into and just go anywhere. You can branch out into Thanos. You can branch out into all the Marvel universe. You could, you know. Oh no! Like you could just, that. Yeah. The, like I'm, I'm talking about like way beyond like like probably villain from uh what's his name ah oh, like from the matrix uh, like mr smith yeah like, like mr that. smith yeah, yeah. or wesley snipes character in demolition man like that obscure oh right and just go real real obscure with it yeah i just want to have fun with it like yeah that'd be that'd be fun to see man that's awesome that's such a that's such an awesome idea just to bring so much personality and quality into that because it's so important people don't realize like you know, you hear that cliche all the time of um, a picture tells a thousand, um, says a thousand words. But when you're young and you're illustrating and you just want to get something cool looking on the page, you don't really start to think about the story that it's telling. Yeah, like right. There's, there's so much you can do just in the thumbnailing process mm. and in the, in the brainstorming process that will bring so much more story and emotion and quality to a piece that you can then sit there with someone and explain it to them at a convention when they're buying it or they're looking at it. And that sells the piece even more than just your style. Someone likes your style and they like the character. And, you know, that's the two things that comes together. Yeah, exactly. Like, like for, for this series, if it ever, if it ever continues, I'd, I'd want, people to like sort of purchase it as if it's as if it's one of those mugshots that like you know because you know joe rogan has the Jimi hendrix yeah, mugshots yeah, behind him like mine, yeah. it's just like a fun thing to have like it's it's yeah. super different it's not just an action shot of the character it's it's something that you can put on the wall and you can be like that's that's cool that's the you know, that's the lineup for all the Spider-Man villains or, you know, that's it, it. I don't know. It's just, it'd be cool to have a collection of mugshots from your favorite villains of the MCU. Yeah, that'd be badass. And you could even, you could even go as obscure as to find, you know, if what, what's a movie where a bat, where a good guy gets put in prison, like finding uh, the, um, protagonist of a film being put in yeah exactly like, yeah you know something like that and I, I maybe i'm just on the top of my like i don't know arnold schwarzenegger from predator i assume he probably once he got back to yeah land, he ended up in the csi cia or something like that or you FBI can go like you can go through an him. alternate reality where bruce wayne gets put into prison and you can see him like unmasked and he's got the cow like hanging from his like like yeah. hanging from his shoulders and he's just been unmasked and battered and it says Bruce Wayne with oh, the Batman know. underneath. Like it's, yeah, it's like oh, you can keep so cool. pushing it. You can go as far as like, this is what excites me about finding stuff premise. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like finding it's, it's stuff like a, this. It's such a simple premise, but it's got, so when I saw you did that mugshot, I knew exactly what, I mean, I didn't understand the emotion part, but I knew exactly what the variables on that were as soon as I saw it, I just remember thinking, holy shit, he's, he's really found something there that is just so, so open to interpretation. And so like almost endless in, in its, um, 
in its variety and its its, its extension it's, as well, far I've, as I I feel like it's only and it's as endless as you make it. So yeah, like uh, it's 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 easier to find things in a series like this. But I think the real the real secret is to finding a way to um, expand your creativity in just any artwork that you do. So it just, it's one of those things that makes you think, um, I'm going to send you a, a thumbnail picture of what the vulture looks like. And, um, oh, yeah. a little exclusive for, oh, nice. for you to have to see the audience can't see that until I of release. course, no, of course. But I've sent it through Instagram if you want to have a look there, but yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's got me thinking of like how far I can take this, how, obscure i can make it how much fun i can have with it and i think yeah. that's the most important thing is how much fun and how 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 does it like push yeah yeah definitely man that's there's and you can push it as far you know you can go as simple as arkham asylum you could put orm in atlantis's prison or you could you know just go as far as you could even start doing that you know the Jimi hendrix poster or you could do you know, certain people go look in and put Blackbeard in a friggin' prison, for goodness sakes. Like, yeah, it's it's quite impressive. Um, oh, yeah, you can go as far as, like, anime. You can go as far as, like, uh, indie image comics, you know. like Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. That's Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I want to talk about your hiatus. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the growth you got through that and what you kind of learned from that. But I kind of want to ask you what um, – like you said earlier, that the reason why you kind of took a hiatus was because it was getting stale and you felt like you were just following trends and you didn't feel like you were pushing yourself enough. What did you kind of, aside from, aside from that, what else did you kind of learn about yourself and your, your kind of illustration skills and your, where, what direction you wanted to head while you, you know, went on an Instagram hiatus and social media mm. hiatus? So, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, with the hiatus, it, was, it started off as me not I, – I noticed that I'd put, uh, like, work in progress on my Instagram, but then not finish it, like, because I, I just didn't want to. Like, what? as soon as I posted it on Instagram, I mentally put it as, like, okay, cool, it's on Instagram, I can move on to something else. Just, um, yeah. Yeah, and I realized that – it's not, it, it wasn't, you know, I didn't start doing it for me. I started doing it for Instagram. Right. And that really put things into perspective. And then I realized that things that I was like learning and progressing wasn't to progress in illustration. It was more to progress in a way to find more followers and more likes and more trends. So I wasn't right. really focusing on my weak parts as an artist and things that I was like, like I wasn't focused on getting out of my comfort zone. I was just strengthening my comfort zone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's that. when I started, I started doing that perspective drawing. Like I did a building. I had a lot of fun with that. Just like, the process like it took us it took such a long time and it normally would make me cringe at how long it would take me to put an artwork out right but 
I feel like that was sort of a, a trial by fire sort of thing. Like I had to put myself through that uncomfortable feeling so I can get out of that, like that just rough spot in, um, in my mentality of, of progress, like, like growing as an, as an artist, as an illustrator. Mm. So it was so, sort of a, a detoxing of, yeah, exactly. Um, it was like, I put fast, my fast illustration style that people that get caught so caught up in. Exactly. Because it's, it's your comfort zone. It's something that you, you're so comfortable with and the style is like, you don't want to change anything because it's just going to take too long. You don't want to try anything new because it's, as you don't know if it's going to work out and you need to put something out by Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you know, yeah. like sticking to a schedule, which is one of the reasons why I personally hate the Instagram algorithm now is because mm. it forces you into these schedules and just causes anxiety oh, yeah. in terms of, <laughs> in terms of like, I need to put something out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you're sitting there like, oh, shit, okay, I want to get, you know, Aquaman's coming out on Boxing Day. Uh, we've got, uh, I've got a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, I've just finished all my Christmas shopping, so I'm going to sit down and not pay attention to my family and finish this Aquaman piece so that on Boxing Day or a couple of days before Boxing Day or Christmas Day, I can put an Aquaman piece out while it's in everybody's mind. And then you're just flip, I completely understand, and you're just freaking out in your head. Like, shit, I'm not going to get this done. You're at your day job, just like, I don't have any time to do this. And just, you know, scribbling it down and you get something down and you kind of go, and people go, oh, I'd love a print of that. And you go, oh, yeah, I don't really want to print that because it's not yeah. that good and it's not what I really wanted to give you guys. And Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I, uh, from then, I, um, I tried a middle ground. So... <laughs> I had a portrait prepared, like thumbnailed, for Aquaman. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do something completely different from this. Like, if when people look at it, I want people to be like, wow, that's completely different from your usual style. Mm. And um, so that's when I created that, like, really rendered out um, Aquaman portrait. Yeah. Which was a lot of fun. It took a long time, but it was a lot of fun. And that's when I realized that, I need to turn things into a challenge. I need to turn my posts into a challenge, but also mm -hmm. something that I really enjoy doing because from that, I just realized that I didn't enjoy, um, I didn't enjoy most of the stuff that I was like putting out on, on Instagram. Like it, it really put me through a, a bit of a dry spell. Like I, I actually stopped drawing for about, two to three weeks, like completely Shit. not out of like, I hate this, but sort of like, I need a break because I'm completely burnt out, which is why I haven't right. been posting anything on, on Instagram. And the fault, the, the fault was Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that. That's, that's tough because it's something that, you know, clearly like myself, you, you love doing it and you, you can't, I'm sure, I mean, I can speak for myself and I'm sure it's not dissimilar to you. It's one of those things that I can't go a day without doing because it's just what I love doing. And I'm so, mm. you know, and I love progressing and I love getting better at it. And I, I can't, can't tell you a day where I didn't draw for the last 
at least 10 years. And it's, uh, that's, yeah, that's really tough that you got real, you know, real, real burnt out by him. That's, I could imagine it was very fun. It was more, it was more burnt out for creating artworks. Mm. I, it, it got me hungry to learn more. So getting a subscription with schoolism and just learning as much as I can from that okay. and finding things that I'm uncomfortable with and working on it. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Right. So weaknesses in your, in your skill set. Yeah. Weaknesses or things that I just find uncomfortable to do, even though like I'm, I, I'd still do them. Like I still, okay. I still know how to do them and it's, but it's just something that's not as fun and uncomfortable. I want to find a way to make that fun and comfortable for me to do. So that's, okay. I think, I feel like that's going to be an internal, uh, like an eternal battle for me is just constantly working on uh, my weak points, which help out a lot in things that I'm very comfortable with. Yeah, right. I mean, isn't that just the human condition, though? Just eternally um, battling with that which you're not good at and that which you're not comfortable with and, and constantly trying to stay on top of your own fears and weaknesses and that kind of thing as well, just for yeah. purely for growth, for yeah. sure. All right. So, I, I mean, there's well, that. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say that that piece that you did, that Aquaman piece, it worked. Like you definitely surprised the crap out of me. I was, I remember seeing that and just being like, "Whoa, that is so far left and ballsy for him to go that direction with that piece." Um, and I can clearly see that you'd been you'd been studying. Like there was just, I mean, and that's not to say that your your normal style is so unique, but then it it had like this aura of almost if you had just learnt realism and like painting skills rather than illustration skills and you added that to your style. And I just remember seeing that and being so impressed by that. It was just incredible. Well, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that like, like I said, like I already knew how to do, but I was uncomfortable with it. Right. So I knew more or less how to paint and shade and my first, my first uh, jump into that wasn't wasn't Aquaman. It was actually the Gwen Stacy that I did. That oh, was the like Spider Gwen. Yeah, that was one that was like simple enough that I I looked at it and I was like, I don't want to do it in my style because there's not much I can do with it in my style. Let me try and paint it and render it out and make it look like a stylistic sort of three D. Um, artwork and it, it worked out well and from that i was like i need something a bit more challenging so i mm -hmm. jumped onto the aquaman which was was very different like i knew the skills but applying them and actually doing them and feeling comfortable while doing it was a, a really good learning experience and i would recommend that for oh, any artist yeah just go completely opposite of what your normal style is not mm. to put it not to put on instagram but just to see see how ingrained you are in your own style and it's it's sort of that thing where 
you'll you'll definitely learn a few things from going the opposite way of your style that you can bring to your style to evolve it. Oh, I could imagine. I've been trying to um, – so my thing this year as far as art is I'm actually going to try and screen print uh, my posters Ooh, nice. this year. So I'm currently running down. So if anybody who's listening knows a decent screen printer, please let me know on Instagram <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I'm trying to screen print and that's a whole different process in – so the illustrate, like the inking and the sketching, not so different. But as soon as you get to the painting stage, everything changes. Yeah. Because it's that, the screen printing is that layered, like your, each color is a layer. Right? Yeah. And you also, yeah, exactly. And you, so that's the process they do. So they have the, so they basically use your layers from your Photoshop or your Procreate file and they'll layer it um, from top to bottom. So you've got to, not only have you got to, as soon as you start painting, not only have you got to, or even in the inking stage, you need to have cleaner inks, much crisper inks, because they want almost a vector file. Like they don't right. mind a raster file, but they almost want a vector file. And then when you start painting, you need to think about your color scheme and you need to really start to think about minimizing how many colors are on there. So you've yep. got to tell the same story you want to tell with less colors because you just, I always just make a, I've started doing a couple and I just make a color scheme and stick to about four or five colors because you actually pay per color as well. So they'll, they'll, they'll charge you per color and then you've got to think about how much that's going to cost all over. Yeah, there was, um, I remember seeing a Superman screen print is of the animated series Superman. And it, it, it's a really cool way that you can sort of, here, I'll show you that. Um, it's, it's very simplified, but also extremely stylized. So it'd be cool for you to sort of, that would be an opportunity for you to sort of play with your style and change things up because it does yeah, require yeah. you to be very minimalistic about it, you know? It does, yeah. I've just, I'm just finishing off a Spider-Man now. And I initially had, so I normally run two layers of shading one and one layer of highlights and then maybe a rim light there if I need it. Um, right. Now I'm basically just running one layer of, of shading and that's it because I need to minimize the cost on it so that, and therefore I'm using my whites as both my highlights, my rim lights and my first layer of shading so it's, yeah, it's it's playing around with this style of like removing certain colors so that you can still and it's just completely changed up the process and it's completely changed the style as well and it's 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 exciting for me because i'm really excited to see um how the screen printing comes out and how my work comes out in screen printing because it's just a it's just it's you know we're losing the handcrafted world mm. and and, you know, I'm starting to learn how to hand letter things like sign right. And there's just so much loss of hand crafting that I really just want to try and bring some of that back. And the yeah, screen printing in the States is so popular as well. It's massive over there. Yeah. I think, I just, think we're, we're a bit behind in terms of, um, well, that's something that I've gone a bit of a, on a bit of a rant before. Um, mm. is how the conventions in Australia have become so commercialized. Yeah. 
<laughs> as opposed to as opposed to how America does theirs, because America's got a massive amount of conventions mm. that it's not just one that makes like a shit ton of money. It's yeah. Oh, sorry. Can we swear on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Um. So yeah. Um. I feel like because it's just pretty much. Uh, Supernova and Oz Comic Con. It's it's basically like a money making machine for them. You know? Yeah. See, see how quick and fast we can push these people in and out. Oh, of door. course. And, and now and now it's they're doing the same thing with the artists because they just realised how many artists want to be part of it, so they jack up oh. the prices that they did this oh, year. Man. I'm just not fond of doing any Supernova this year. I just don't know how. <laughs> How it's going to work? Oh, I'll, I'm straight up just getting one table. Oh, I'm honestly, yeah, that's the thing. I wanted to get two tables this year, but I've I've just decided that you know, mind you, with the screen printing, because I'm trying to spend more time, not unlike yourself, trying to spend more time on one piece than like the same time I'd spend on five pieces on one, yeah. and then only having like maybe four or five on the wall. Mm. Um, because it'd just be cheaper for screen printing, but it'll also just make it look better and I'll have yeah. more quality stuff. Yeah. And I'm not going to need two tables for that. No. Yeah, it's just praying that some more commissions and that come in so that yes. there's, there's the, the, you know, that those those cons can be paid for because it's, it's, getting, it's getting pricey. It's ridiculous. It's, oh, it's crazy. That's absolutely crazy, the, the price it's, they're charging. It's un- yeah, it's unfair to to artists like i understand that there's like a a huge influx of of artists that want to get a table there and a booth and Mm. i don't know i just feel like the way that they've treated the artists at supernova is pretty much like you know on the side sort of thing like it's not it's not part of the convention experience like where in my opinion it's the most sought out part of the convention experience because no one, no one who truly like like the actual convention fans, no one really goes to the commercial side of it where they're sending selling a bunch of where King's Comics has basically half the floor and then there's a, <laughs> yeah. a giant Gatorade truck and then like yeah. Domino's it's like you know it's just it's it's annoying it's shitty. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting you know, and it, and it actually stifles their growth as well. Speaking, getting back to it, the topic is it does stifle their growth because you know I found I do Wollongong every year, and I found yeah. that every year I go, I go to that front desk, I get an email, I'm on their mailing list, I get an email directly to me saying you know um, if you want to be, you sign up, and it's just around Christmas time, and then you sign up, you pay your thing before the new year, and then you go in there, and every time I go in there, um, I walk at that front door. And, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting there to tell you where your table is. And those people will go it, almost every year. I've done it. I think this will be my fourth year now. And they'll go, oh, yeah, we know you. I'll just say, you know, Jordan or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, you've been here before. Your table's at such and such. And yeah. they, like, memorize the whole floor or they quickly have a look. And they just remember. There's this loyalty thing. Just even something as simple as that, like, how you doing? You know, oh, yeah, you've been here before. We've seen you. I remember your name. How you doing this year? Can't wait to see what you got. And then you just move on with your day. Whereas Supernova, they you walk in the door and you ask them for your stuff, and they scowl at you, and they, 
you know, they're cranky because everything's behind schedule or the trucks are still in the dock or whatever. And it's just, it's getting out of hand that, that convention. And it's, it's getting concerning as to how, how anyone it's, can survive. Yeah. It's, it's like no longer, you know, we don't, we obviously, we don't have as many comic book stores as, you know, America has. So pretty much mm. the, King's Comics is, pardon the pun, the king of comics mm. in in Sydney. In Sydney you know, that's yeah. the only place where you can get comics or or you order yeah. them online. So that's sort of dead there. Uh, yeah. We don't have any. Um, it'd be cool to have studios come in and display their stuff because we've got some prop studios in, in Sydney or it'd be cool to have like storyboard studios. Like it's, it's, it's no longer embracing pop culture. It's embracing the commercial side of pop culture, you know? Yeah. It's, it's lost. It's in, you're right. They're no longer embracing this, uh, you know, the the craft and the art, the art form. It's, it's they should be inviting like their guests should range from like, like comic book. Like they, they do have some comic book artists, but they should, Really, with the amount of money that they make and the amount of money that they get, like getting a comic book artist like Todd McFarlane to come out. Jim Lee, yeah. Jim Lee, yeah. Just like fly them out here if they can, you know. Mm. I mean, they did have, they did have, uh, what's his name, Alex Sinclair and uh, what's his inker's name? Uh, Jim Lee's inker. Oh, I don't know. He's, he's, He's colorist and he's inker were out here last year, but that was, you know, that was probably the best they're getting. And, and most of it's our but that guys, also, like, But that also probably wasn't as, you know, advertised as no, no way. anything no. else, you know? The Green Arrow, what's his name? Stephen Amell was there last year and that was, yeah, you know, he was there that tent was, pole last year. Exactly. So they, they go on, they're, they're not teaching, you know, kids that come in about these, very important people in the comic book industry and yeah. or in the, in the film industry, you know, it's just the stars, you know, your green arrow. Yay. Let's pay money and see him. And then let's give supernova a bunch of money. And then supernova is happy about all the money that they're making. And and they do it the next year and the next year yeah. and it just gets bigger and bigger each year. Yeah. And they've always got that one tent pole guy or, or girl that comes in and then the power rangers have to pay for their own bloody stall. Like, yeah, exactly. One, you know, the the guys who are the Power Rangers, who you'd think would just get flown out. Like, those are the kinds of guys I want to see. I don't really care. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's cool that Chris Hemsworth was there a couple of years yeah, ago, but, but also for two hundred and fifty bucks, you know, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather walk the floor and collect, like, like get a, a really old, hard to find comic for two hundred and fifty bucks rather than. Mm a photo with the guy that plays Thor who's probably going to get recasted in the future, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately there's, there, it's a lot of pandering to the layman market and the mainstream market. Like you were saying, it's not enough. There's, there's just not enough respect for the core. And look, I'm not saying we're the original originals that started this, but you know, a comic book convention began as meet your favorite comic book artists and writers. Yeah, know, exactly. It was independent. Yeah, it was a that. it was a get together. It was a celebration of the the culture. It was mm. you know they should have 
some screenings for some obscure movies. Like we've got some pretty good, like that that um, zombie movie with Martin Freeman. That was an Australian movie. Like oh, really? Should, yeah, this should see exactly like this. <laughs> this sort of stuff should yeah. be celebrated. There should be screenings. They should have like a separate like movie theater place where you can go watch uh, a movie. Like make it a festival. Make it a celebration. Instead, it's a come in, buy a bunch of stuff, and yeah. froth over the next cosplayer that's dressing up as Wonder Woman for the six hundredth time. And you know, it's, yeah, I get. I'm not sure. I know it's gotten to the been... point. It's, Sorry, it's gotten, it's gotten to the point where even cosplay has become commercial, which is insane uh, to me. That's phenomenal, and we've watched that happen. Like, it's phenomenal because that's happened in a time period that, like, what year did you start at Supernova? Was it like three years ago? Three. 2016, yeah, three years ago. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah same three as me. Three. Yeah. Actually, no, it's sorry, a, yeah. I think it might have been 2015. I can't remember. 15. Yeah, it was when 2015. 2015 I started dating Jenny. Yeah, I think I was 2016 because last year was my third supernova. Mm. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, in, in the time period that we've been around, cosplaying has just become this mainstream again because it's people dressing up as in, in Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, like you said, and Harley Quinn. I mean, I just. It's it's. I don't know where I stand. I love cosplaying. I think cosplaying is a great art form in itself. But unfortunately, I think at times, like you're saying, the cosplaying market is a little bit overrated. In my oh, yeah, opinion. I think I th- I think it's suffering. Uh, it's suffering through commercialism because you don't have you don't have people like there's still some really cool cosplayers that do their own thing that sort of uh, it's sort of like they're creating an artwork themselves yes you know? yeah. and and showing off their skills but you know uh, uh, some of these are just like unfortunately it's just not i think storeboard is fine if you're just going around being passionate about the character and hanging out with friends. It's when yeah. you start commercializing, commercializing um, your cosplay. And it's also like bought and made. It's, I feel like it's, it's um, a bit toxic to the creative side of the, of the community. Of it's, course. Yeah. Cause cosplayers are technically doing the thing that I, just said that was hurting my art was chasing the trend yes yeah definitely and i think there's there's definitely something it's a craft and there's definitely something to be respected about you know the way that some people do it and people who can manage to without even having a 3d printer or that kind of thing put together an iron man suit like there's no doubt that there's something impressive and what i'm most impressed Uh with 3D printing, also it's it's extremely impressive because of the process that they go through to yeah. get the stuff 3D printed. But it some sometimes it's just you know. Oh, it is. You're right. It's definitely commercialized, and it's another one of those things that it's just following the trends. And you know, I love seeing an alternate universe version of of a character that someone's cosplayed as. That's the one thing I respect the most. If I can yeah, exactly. recognize a character. 
as a cowboy or something, you know, just for instance, something like that. It's that's a lot of fun to me, and I definitely respect. And it, you know, this isn't anything against any cosplayers at all out there. I want to put that out as a disclaimer because it's just that I think the 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 consumer, the general consumer of the comic book market, is more interested in the television, the cinema, and the cosplayer at a convention than they are in the in those who produce the, the art and produce the stories that we all, you know, and the next generation of people that, that we all love and, and have grown up with. So, and I think there's definitely something that we need to do about that. Oh, of course. Gets, yeah. Like before it gets worse. There's it's obviously become like it's headed towards oversaturation, um, yeah. which I think will, will sort of, either wake up some people in don't get me wrong there is some there are some fantastic cosplayers out there that yeah like really really like they don't give a they don't give a fuck about like chasing the trend you know they're just like i love this character i'm gonna do this character even though there's absolutely nothing about this character coming out this year i really do feel like like i I have, um, I'm drawn to this character. I want to cosplay this character. I want to try my best at this, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, and there's nothing, you know, that's an art form. That's a craft and that's a... And then the the plus is as you're making the cosplay or when you're done making the cosplay or the artwork, you know, uh, something does get released about the... about the character and then it's it's an added bonus, you know? You actually get more attention for it it's instead of just you know chasing it and watching your social media explode with fucking yeah you know aquaman and shazam and yeah whenever i can't tell you how many artworks i saw of that moment in the end game trailer where tony stark is talking to pepper through now i've seen a million by now not not to talk smack about artists that do that like if obviously it resonates with them to do it but it's just that Mm. sort of thing that i'm just like there are so many movies out there so many underrated movies out there just you know work like pick something from that Uh, the world's screaming for another diehard piece or something like that just go and something like that yeah exactly like go actually be even more obscure about it go do a yoga wes anderson Yeah. yeah, like a Wes Anderson artwork. Do something yeah. like that. Do something that captures the the personality and essence of that that film director because it's so quirky, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a, there's so many films out there, and there's so that's what I want to do. I mean, right now I have a few of these posters done, but I want my kind of thing to be screen printed versions of my favorite movies. Yeah. And, and over that's time, completely fine. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do. I mean, right now I'm doing Spider-Man, and yes, the one I'm working on as we speak is an Aquaman one. But I enjoyed Aquaman so much because Aquaman was one of my favorite characters as a kid, and being an Aquaman fan and watching that film, I've, you know, I I just purely enjoyed it, and it it brought me back to all those. I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. I enjoyed it so much that it. it it influenced me to have an idea for a, for a movie poster that I wanted to do and do my version of what I would have done if I was, you know, commissioned to do a, a poster for the film. 
And that's, that's, that's purely what all matters. I want to do. Yeah. That's what that's, matters. Yeah, exactly. And that's artists all I and cosplayers. Artists and cosplayers should be watching films or feeling inspired by films to to be like, that's a cool character. I really resonate with that character. Or, I think that character's about us. I want to cosplay as that yeah. character. Or, I want to draw that. Like, for example, this year I'm planning on cosplaying as, like, the Beju because he's such a badass character from my favorite movie of all time, you know, Inglorious Bastards. It's, oh, right, yeah. And it's a fun, it's a fun, easy cosplay for me. It's just something that, and it, it's not that anything has been released about Inglorious Bastards or is going to get released about Inglorious yeah. Bastards, but it's a film that really resonates with me, and I'm just, I just want to do something for that, for that, um, for that film, like respect it in a way, you know, yeah, respect exactly. the passion. Oh, so there's nothing it, more I love than seeing like an attack on the block poster or something like that. Something real, yeah, something like, a, like hot I find that, or some shit. I find it weird that like movies that do so well still don't get any artworks done. Like we're, Just, yeah, we're probably going to see end. like one or two Bohemian Rhapsody posters, even though or artworks, even though that was like awesome. Like <sighs> I'd, I think it'd be so cool. If someone walked the convention floor as Freddie Mercury from Live Aid, you know? Oh yes, <laughs> I will. I will kiss that man if he does that. That would. Be... We don't get that. We don't get someone no. walking around as like Ivan as Drago. Prince. Oh, you know, dude, I'd love to. I'd love to see Prince or just you know, I'd love to do. I really want to start doing as well on the side as some, you know, a series of postcards or something. Just small little prints of my favorite artists. Yeah, and the, the, the the musicians that that you know inspired me as a kid, and all these obscure, you know, strange characters that just captured my imagination, like a thriller wolf, or yeah. you know, there's a, there's a guy named um, Miguel Wilson. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but I highly suggest that he does a series. He's just done a series of. He's a, he used to be a toy designer. Um, and he designed these 80s action figure, He-Man style figures of Michael Jackson and Prince. And he's just done these cool, I mean, the Prince, they designed the Prince one and then the Prince um, estate asked them to cease and desist. They got to cease and desist so they can't actually build the figurine. But he made a Michael Jackson one. He's got all these plans to make Madonna just as action heroes and oh, action man. figures. Uh and it's so cool. Like, it's just so, so different and such a great idea that, and he does prints of all his favorite 80s characters and 80s, like, artists. It's just so badass. And it's just like that kind of thing. No one does. Yeah. So, what, what was his name? Miguel Wilson? Miguel Wilson, yeah. M I G U E L Wilson. He's, um,. He's he's normally on the Squared Co podcast and that kind of thing as well. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. He's got yeah. a really cool style. It's really badass, and he designed. Oh like, yeah, I've seen this. The um Michael Jackson with the the Action Jackson. Yeah, it's yeah. So cool. It's just so cool. And he did a small run of it, but man, would I pay a lot of money to have that figurine on my desk because it's so different and it's so Prince Duck. <laughs> yeah. But so oh, there was um, this there was this one cosplayer that um that was walking around the convention floor and it was like half Harley Quinn, half Joker. Oh, I don't know if you cool. saw that, but 
they are like it was like a split in half sort of thing and it reminded me of prince from uh from the batman the bat dance music video Ah, right. Yeah, have when you he's seen got that? the, the, yeah, the half I haven't makeup. seen it in years, but I remember that. Yeah. Shut the, the uh, when he makeup. goes, shut the funk up. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I can't believe that. To this day, I still can't believe they got Prince to do a Batman film. Like, that's just phenomenal. And he just, and they just let him do his own thing. Like, the, <sighs> the music video is so nuts, and the song that's is so weird. weird. <laughs> uh, the song yeah. was so ahead of its time, it's not even funny. Yeah. And, it is it's really cool to see but we don't get that anymore no, you know we don't we don't that's back, not back then when it was a risk people would just be like yeah whatever like get prince to do yeah. his thing you don't get bohemian rhapsody anymore you yeah. don't get operatic rock like that thought process is what changed everything for queen like obviously you've seen bohemian rhapsody and that yeah yeah there's just like it's just taking risks that's what art is that's what creation is and you know, sometimes you make things like more rats that, you know, Kev Smith said that that didn't land until 10 years later. Oh, I feel like it took that I, film to land. Yeah, I feel like we're headed in a good direction for film because I think I think comic book movies are sort of doing that. Like people are sort of. They, they have the to they have to push the boundary to make themselves different from comic book movies which are pretty much taking the action the crazy cinematic blockbuster action like and the cgi filled universes. yeah so people are doing things like extremely differently that's why we get to have a movie like creed 2 or you know yeah. like um bohemian rhapsody and and even yeah. even in the comic book movies themselves, we get stuff like the Spider-Man, which in my opinion was the best movie of last year because yeah. of how yeah. much it pushed the genre and animation and how how much uh, how it uh, gave homage to comic books in general and just classic comic phenomenal. Yeah, it was a lot. I went and saw it with my brother-in-law, and he said it was just uh, it was a live action. He goes, that was a comic book. I said, yeah, it was a, it was a real living comic And he goes, no, that was a, what that was, was it was a moving comic book. From yeah. start to finish, it was a, an animated comic book. Yeah. And, I was and like, yeah, that's it, actually a very good review of it. Some of the shots were <sighs> so ballsy. And... Yeah. And just the, oh, dude, the, but not even, I watched a video on YouTube of a guy breaking that film down and why the animation in it is so genius. And he just broke down the scene where... He broke down the trailer and he broke down the scene where Miles is jumping off the buildings. Yeah. And just that first, you know, what's up danger scene. I love that scene so much. Yeah, this is one of the best scenes in a film I've ever seen because he breaks it down and he goes, all the angles they use, like the angle where he's falling, but it looks like he's going up, but the buildings are upside down. He's like, this is, they're using this to make you feel like you are Miles. Yeah, like you feel, and I rewatched it, and I was like, "You do. You feel like you're flying through New York City at the and like falling as fast as he's falling." Yeah, not only that, you it also works, or it's 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 animated in a way that it feels like you're at this moment in a comic book, and you're just like, it's just images, yeah. and you're just flicking through the pages really quickly, going, yeah. "Oh my yeah, god, this is amazing!" Yeah. You know? Yeah, and the way that like it would just panel all of a sudden. 
Like yeah. when they were jumping off something and there was just like four panels of someone thwipping or someone leaping and their face getting closer and to the screen. It, just, oh. <laughs> even like animating the, the word thwip as they use the the oh. web shooters. Yeah. You know, whenever they, they shoot the web, it, thwip comes up, you know? Yeah. And going back to that shot of him like falling into the city. Um, yeah. Like that's one of those one of the shots that it shouldn't make sense or it shouldn't work because he's falling from the side of a building, so it shouldn't be that open. But they still did it, and it works perfectly. I think movies are are headed towards that now because of how stale some comic book movies can be. Like, like after watching, like I know I know you enjoyed Aquaman, but I think I think Aquaman kind of hit the nail in the head for me on being more of a critic for comic book movies. Like I feel like now is the time now that we have to, we have to criticize comic books more. It's kind of like, it's kind of like in boxing or UFC, right? Mm. If you want to beat the champion, you need to really stand out. If it, if it goes to decision, you need to have done really well. Yeah, and I and, feel and like, in a, in and a, you've got these post... expectations, you know. Oh, of course, and in a post Infinity War world, the the bar is set very high, and I think but, the yeah. reason why the reason why I liked Aquaman was because it was you couldn't get, and I mean I know as far as the story goes, it was pretty straightforward. It was the hero's journey. There wasn't very much that Aquaman wanted, and all good storytellers know that your main character needs to want something. And they tend to, over the course of their story, will figure out that what they wanted was actually something different to what they needed. And then they end up coming to turn, you know, they let go of it and then they come to terms with who they are. And it was, you know, they they followed basically the King Arthur story. Like, excuse the pun, but that's pretty much what they did in Aquaman. And they followed the hero's journey. But the reason why I loved it so much was just besides the story, it was you couldn't get a more Aquaman movie, like you couldn't yeah, that, get a more Atlantis, Black Manta, or everything you could have put in an Aquaman movie was in that. Yeah, in that. like like the visuals. Like I'm not I'm not going to deny that the visuals were amazing. It's just one thought couldn't I couldn't like leave from my head during while watching Aquaman was that this movie's three years too late. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I, I I understand that. And it and, like it came know. after after Infinity War in the same year as Infinity War. With Infinity War was like, all right, cool. We've evolved as a superhero movie. Let's mm. start getting into some real serious shit and like yeah. real delving into the deep into the universe. Whereas now Aquaman's like still introducing you know characters and their personalities, and they're basically fixing all the shit they screwed up with Justice League and Batman vs. Superman. Unfortunately, but, you know, that goes back to the topic we were talking about before in that they didn't allow Justice League to grow on its own. and They They, didn't. They were chasing the trend. Yes, exactly. They were chasing what everyone was asking for. They were playing catch-up, and it was evident, and that's the problem. And and unfortunately, when you're playing catch-up like that... Now they're playing catch-up. You reckon? Yeah, now they're playing catch up because they what they done what they did was they screwed up Batman vs Superman 
with the death of Superman spoilers, um, there was no emotional attachment to it. So they were like, okay, we added... saw him in two films. (laughs) Yeah. No, one film by that point. Oh, that's true. You you didn't really get... You didn't really get a chance to and, yeah, really and feel he, for that Superman. He wasn't really Superman for half of that film. Like the, he wasn't uh, that that hero. He was he was going through this anxiety thing of like, what if they don't need me? Sort of. Thing. But um, that should have been just been Man of Steel two without Doomsday. Yeah, that should have been the premise of Man of Steel. Time to it was an anxiety thing. It was like I probably don't want to be Superman anymore, and it's something happens for him to become Superman. Anyways, um, yeah. So they did that, and then they realized they screwed up. So then they tried to fix it with Justice League, which they screwed up even more. Like, okay, just got to do Phase One movies. So Phase One. So that's why Aquaman feels like a Phase One Marvel yeah. movie. What everyone was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But and the problem is we've already evolved so much through the MCU yeah. that Phase 1 movies feel stale. Like, they, they either needed to, it needed to come out while... Because Wonder Woman worked really well. This movie should have come out with Wonder Woman. Uh, the same year. Well, I thought that's what they had slated, but apparently not. They, they no, kept it back they, they decided to do Justice League right after, so... Yeah, that's that's what was weird about it for me. I think, I think you would have had more like the first time we really saw him, uh, Momoa's Aquaman. And don't get me wrong, that's one of the best parts of the entire, you know, the, t- the entire film is him. He he holds it together, in my opinion. But you know, we only really saw him in Justice League for ten minutes max screen time. Yeah, if that, um, because it took so long to actually get this angsty Aquaman fucking leave me alone lone wolf thing guy to get into the Justice League and give him a reason to actually help them defend the world and and then and and then again uh, the like can you name the reason why he he joined the Justice League uh, uh, his conscience I think uh, but then he's <laughs> the same back in Aquaman this is what I mean like they're chasing their own their own tail and yeah, I think it's true yeah uh, Aquaman was very important for the DC universe mm. because it it told them that standalone confined movies are the way to go. Yeah. Until you can sure. build up to this massive like joint forces sort of thing. Yeah. Uh so that was very important for it to make more money than Batman vs Superman and Justice League. I think and, uh, with with Batman vs Superman either make a Superman sequel or make a Batman movie. Like, go all yeah. in on either of them. Make a Batman movie with Superman in it, or make a Superman movie with Batman in it. Don't yeah. try and put them to... They're, they're two completely different universes. Especially and, especially if you haven't really introduced one of them and barely introduced the other. Exactly. Like, we've got no... That's why Civil War worked so well, because you've been through these journeys with Iron Man and Captain America... That yes. you understand both their point of views, so that in Civil War you're kind of like they both make sense. You're like yeah. that's why Civil War you feel for both of was, them. Yeah, well, yeah, because you understand where they both come from, and that's yeah. the most effective way to show both sides of a story is that you understand why what their motivations are. You didn't yeah, even exactly. understand Superman's motivation, and you kind of understood Batman's motivation. 
Yeah, and it was and it was a political movie that didn't need to be so fucking political as well. Exactly. Like, yeah. It was just there was so much unnecessary stuff in those films, and I agree with you. It is too little, too late. You're right. They should have released Aquaman the same time they released Wonder Woman. So by the time you get to Justice League, there's it's really only the Flash and Cyborg that you don't know very well. Who were and pretty, you spent the like, time with were, Jason Momoa and yeah, they were pretty fleshed out. In yeah. Justice League, I'd say, like like yeah. Barry Allen, even though Barry Allen acts like Wally West. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And well, Cyborg, you know, they they worked well. But I feel like I feel like we're in a we're in an interesting phase. I think this year is going to be very interesting for comic book movies. Oh yeah, man! And, and look at look at Venom. Like Venom was, I enjoyed Venom Ven- a lot. So did I. <laughs> As a, if you take Venom, you put Venom in, I don't know, 2010, when we're in phase one of Marvel and we're getting these, like, that works very well as a standard oh, yeah. film. It, and it, like, and it, sh- it shocked people how much money it made. It was interesting. Like, and it you was know why? afraid to be its own thing. You know, yeah, exactly. It's because they understood how far they can take Venom, that Venom doesn't need to be super serious and gritty for the sake yeah. of being super serious and gritty. They understood. That's why Aquaman is pretty, is, is a good movie, even though it's too late is because they understood. Look, these characters are cheesy. Like we, yeah. it's so campy. Like yeah. there's, there's this character that talks to fish, right? Dude, we they can't want a freaking seahorse. Like, the, yeah, the bad guy's name is Ocean Master. Like, yeah. well, there's not much we can make this like so serious. So you know what? Let's just make it a fun movie. And just I tell you lean what, into some, it. Yeah, something that made Aquaman feel fun for me was that after the trailer, I walked in. I was like, "This is an anime." Yeah, <laughs> Aquaman's an anime. If you treat it like yeah. an anime, you'll have much fun. more fun than you think. Yeah. Because there, there are extremely cheesy lines. There's, um, it's it's one of those movies that were that your young self would immensely enjoy if it came out yeah. in say you know 2007 2010 you know yeah exactly you just and be like this is sick this is like anime but like live action and yeah I remember seeing that first trailer and seeing that freaking orange that dopey orange suit and just being like oh shit they're doing it like they're doing Aquaman they're not doing the leather clad like they did with the X-Men they're not afraid and then they had Orm and Black Manta and they looked you know Orm was in that again dopey purple suit and black yeah, that, that like big that big mask the, and <laughs> the ocean master costume should not oh. work in a movie, but they made it work, and I think that's and his so eyebrows important. are moving, and his 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 face mask is animated as if it's like he's put a starfish on his face or something like that, like some sort oh, of chrome starfish. It was fantastic, and I, I I was sitting there on Boxing Day watching it, and I couldn't help but think to myself. They, this is dopey as, and this is so corny, but this is exactly what I expected from an Aquaman movie. And you're this right. Is exactly it, it, what it we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's what we, we need to lean into these characters and into their universes because that's what makes them that, you know, they stood the test of time. So you need to find out what so... compliments. Yeah. yeah exactly. It makes them like, like you got to find out what compliments the characters that you're working on. So 
Batman is obviously worked so well in the Nolan verse was because it was so gritty and psychological and it was all about, you know, it was all about a type of, you know, mental disorder and they weren't afraid yeah. to go super deep into like chaos. And Shit, it was, wasn't it? I didn't really think about that. Like it was very, very stark. It was very psychological and very, Oh, hundred percent. About... Like the first, the first movie was obviously about fear. Second movie was about yeah. uh, like chaos and the last movie was all about fury. Yeah. And control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and they, it, and they lent into that for sure. But I hate that I just we we've only just gotten out of the comparing a DC the DCEU film to the Nolanverse. Finally people are going that was its own thing and we'll probably never get something like that again. And we need to just respect it for what it was and stop comparing everything else to it. That's and, a that's a fault in Warner Brothers. They could have easily changed people's minds with the first, like, with the Man yeah. of Steel movie. Even though Man of Steel was good, you can tell it was like, they were like, we got to recreate the Nolanverse yeah. movies. And, and, and then Batman vs. Superman did the same thing. I feel like... It's headed in a good direction now where they're letting directors put their own spin on it, their own look, yeah. and they're... And the, the genres, they like genre, they make genre movies with some of yeah. this stuff. Like, you know, Ant-Man being a heist film. I did not see that coming. When it first came out, I was like, holy shit, this feels like Ocean's Eleven, except it's Ant-Man. Yeah, and uh, oh, Logan it's... feeling like a Western, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... I mean, I won't hold you for too much longer because I got to get going to work as well. But uh, I mean, you, you've this year. So we'll go back to the topic before um, this year. You you rebooted, or what are you calling it? Your your podcast and your you know doing a new version of your podcasts. Just talk. Yeah, talk yeah. About that. Well, it's called the Mumble Boys Podcast. Um, I'm just it's just sort of like me and my best friend just talking smack because every time we we catch up we always creating like these dumb jokes and like talking about things that i feel like would be fun for other people to listen in on so it's it's a lot less professional than geeks and geekettes were okay um, yeah this is very much just like two idiots talking about anything like it's not it's not even just about comic books it's about you just talking about life just talk about anything like oh it eventually does come back to comic books because that's what we talk about the most. But yeah, it's all sort all sorts of stuff that we talk. about. We make some dumb jokes too, and it's a lot easier and laid back to record. Okay, because yeah, I listen, like, I started listening to the first episode this morning and and noticed it was. You know, it's not for everyone, so I wouldn't ex I wouldn't yeah, expect yeah. like everyone to like it. Um, but it's 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 similar to it is a result of what I was talking about before about chasing trends. And I just decided that I wanted to do a podcast that, that, um, that high school me would record, you know, that would right. just be yeah. me and my best friend just talking about anything and not caring if people listen to it or not. Not that we, of course we enjoy having an audience and, and people, messaging and commenting on the stuff it just makes mm. it even more fun but just not feeling pressured to talk about certain things like obviously if we don't want to talk about 
uh, Marvel movie, we won't. We talk about yeah. the latest game. Like we were talking shit about Spyro the other day because, <laughs> because why not? Even though we love Spyro, but it's yeah. just that sort of thing that you just bring up, just yeah, dumb things, yeah. you know. Just and, dopey jokes and yeah. Oh, like the time goes by so quickly. Like before you imagine, know, like, man, forty minutes and. You're like, okay. Do you guys do you guys Skype or are you in the same room together or same what's room, the... same room. He lives nearby. Oh, cool. oh nice. It's, yeah, it's I'm kind of trying to get my my best mate. I've been him and I were supposed to do a podcast years ago. We were initially going to do one, and then I ended up just doing mine on my own. And he's now in Canada, so I'm trying to get him to like record his travels. And I'm trying to tell him like, you know, anyone you meet on a travel, just turn your phone on and record and have a chat with them. And yeah. I'll put it on the put it on the Making Lemonade network, and you just name the podcast, and I'll just do it via my website. I'll make another RSS feed for you, and we can do it. You can uh, we can start making a network, and then when he comes home, I'm going to try and get him to do like a fortnightly one where he just comes over, and or even just yeah, try and awesome. Skype with him while I'm and do that kind of thing. But yeah, that's fantastic, man. That's awesome that you just kind of because there's something that we forget to do as artists, as commercial artists, as it starts getting more and more professional is. We forget to, um, you know, learn more and continue learning, and we forget to slow down and relax and enjoy and, and enjoying yeah. the work that we're doing, and really, you know, play with new mediums and play with, uh, you, you know, new stuff and new, new we always, ideas. We have so many people talking about enjoying the process, but they don't actually yeah. stop and enjoy the process. So that's why the Instagram hiatus is a good one and it it funny enough it just happened to happen as i hit 4000 followers on instagram and then it went back down oh, to shit. under 3000 and oh, one of the Lord. most one of the most freeing and things humbling. happened um What's that? i i didn't care that it dropped down wow. there you yeah. go and you so, just you just let it be and yeah let it do what it was doing there you go. You just when it when it happens and you look at it and you're just like, well, you know, <laughs> it's a different number go. today. It's going to be a different number tomorrow. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic, man. As that's, long as you still have people that enjoy your stuff, you know that. And oh you yeah. Still grow as an artist and. And just, you know, just, just I, I think the more we enjoy our work as well, the more people are going to start to enjoy your own work because. They can see people can see through it. They can. They don't know it. But they can 100%. see through disingenuous 100%. work and yeah. Oh well, is there anything else you'd like to plug other than the podcast before we go? Um, no, not really. I'll no. I'll be at conventions as usual. Um, yeah. No, just the podcast is the only thing that I've got going on at the moment that uh that I technically need to plug more, but don't. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Plug it as much as you want. Like it's it's marketing's marketing, and you could overdo the market. It's there's a nuance to marketing because you can overdo yeah. marketing and you can underdo it. So you got to yeah see where you can put it. But it, I'll put that in the episode notes for you. And one last question before I go: We have yep. a song of the week every single week. What what song? What's your fa- either your favorite song or um, a song that you're listening to right now that you can't can't put down? Oh, one that's been stuck in my head um, is the King of Wishful Thinking. King of Wishful Thinking. Who's that by? That's by, hold on. There's two versions. Um, there's the 80s version, which is by Go West. And then there's the Newfound Glory version. 
both oh, okay. equally good and both different. So, okay, we... I'll put one at the front and one at the back, eh? <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put one version at the front just just after my intro, and then I'll put the other one towards the end. Perfect. All right, man. <laughs> Thank you so right. much for coming on the podcast. No um, problem, man. It was, it was my pleasure. I enjoyed my mad time. Mad to finally have you on. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's that's what I try to do here. Just chill out and relax, and mm. you know, let people draw. And I like the idea that people know that we're drawing while we're doing this because we're just yeah having a conversation over art. We need to um, get together, maybe some sort of online Etsy collective or something like. Get that Inktober gang together and really start to market between ourselves some sort of conglomerate and build whether it's a yeah some sort of collective or something like that where we just have exclusives and we have you know all of our work being sold somewhere online or so we can i don't know go and do a collective at a market or a stall in melbourne or something like that i think it'd be really it would really help us all and we'd really be able to i mean i'm still trying to figure out what it is so i can pitch it to that group but i think it'd be awesome yeah i'm down pitch it yeah. pitch it to the group and, and we'll see yeah. where it goes just I'm always down because I'm always down for new different ideas something that that mixes it up a bit so yeah 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 it just made me think after Matt the other day when Matt um comms put that you know support each other thing up on Instagram and Facebook and all the social medias I thought it just made me think we really do and I was chatting with him about it and I think we really need need to help each other and there's so many ways we can help each other and that we're just not doing and that we just mm. haven't figured out yet and we we can start doing that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, man. I hope you have a, Not a problem, man. wonderful week. I hope you're doing well and you're just chilling out. Likewise, and, likewise, likewise. And working. Um, and all the best to you and yours. You too, man. Good luck with all the art and uh, uh, hopefully... Man, I will... Hopefully um, you push things and create some cool shit. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. That was a wonderful episode of the podcast. Thank you, Rui, for coming on. It was a lot of fun to have you, mate. Um, I really love sitting down and drawing and just chatting with mates uh, about illustration and, and the stuff that we do. And it seems that the two of us are on a traje trajectory, a very similar trajectory. And um, I really, really understand Rui to a point where, you know, we can be very different people, but he's... Um, his illustration style and, and the direction he's going, um, his illustration style is very different to mine, but the, the direction that we're both going is very similar. And I think that we're, um, you know, we're going to be parallel to each other for a long period of our lives. And I, I love catching up with him at, at, at cons. And it was great to actually sit down with him uh, in this podcast. This is one of my favorite podcasts I've done, uh, just purely because the conversation was, was so strong um, and it was so, so solid. Uh, so thank you so much, Rui, for coming on. If you want to see more of Rui's work, go to Instagram at Red Unit Inc. Um, and he is working on some really cool stuff this year. So stay tuned. Watch him. He's, he's working on some secret stuff, some fun stuff we're working on. Um, and he, he, was, he was part of our Inktober last year as well. So he's one of those boys. I'm trying to get all those boys on this year. 
um, and there'll be some reoccurring people as well. So, guys, really, thank you so much. Go and go and listen to the Mumble Boys. That's also on YouTube. That's uh, Rui's Rui's new podcast, the Mumble Boys. And you can go back and listen to the old episodes of Geeks and Geekettes that he did with Chris, Cosplay Chris and uh, Jackson Caspers and so on. But really, that's about it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Um, be kind to each other. Love each other. Uh, love yourself. Be good to yourself. Go and create something cool. Um, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Jordan Morpeth Art. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, my website is www.jordanmorpethart.com. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. Just type in Jordan Morpethart into the search bar, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to help support the podcast, the least thing you can do, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, please just give us a review. Uh, give us whatever amount of stars you want and just a quick review. That's all we need. That's all we need to get up at the top of those charts, ladies and gentlemen, and get more people listening to this wonderful, wonderful podcast that I work so hard on. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Much love. Go and make some lemonade. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, I've been your host, Jordan Morpeth. Stay weird. Oh, this week's song of the week is... King of Wishful Thinking, Bike West. Let's do it. <laughs>